you know how in Jamaica we say pressure bus pipe. Mm. <laughs> and one day it was just that. And I just, I had had enough. Pipe bust. Yeah, it, pipe bust. And I just started bawling, right. which right. was so different from what my, the people who I worked with, they were just, they were mortified and terrified because they didn't know what was happening. Right. But, but I think people don't understand that you build all this stuff up and yes, you're, you know, you are a powerful person and quote unquote, you're strong, but enough is enough. Yes. And so I think for women, um, the other thing that I, that I was witnessing and experiencing is that when there were lots of women who couldn't or wouldn't speak up or talk about, I wasn't one of those. I just was like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the Odd Man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings Salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson, and I'm back with another edition of Hands Down, the most audacious podcast you'll find on the internet. Of course, this is The Audacious Living Podcast, and as always, it's an absolute pleasure to continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best, audacious lives ever. Uh, you are tuning in to episode 218 of the podcast, and it continues to be my pleasure to deliver great content uh, and really deliver in a manner that will will help individuals uh, get to that better place. And today's episode is no exception. Kelly Charles Collins joins me uh, on this edition of the podcast. and She was an absolute uh, delight to speak with. And, and after practicing law for almost 25 years, Kelly made the bold and audacious decision to retire from her practice and, and shift her attention and focus on helping others. Uh, one of the things that became evident to her after working in a, a male-dominated profession in the law industry for so long was the lack of respect that women received in the workplace, as well as the fact that uh, that their voices, you know, were, were oftentimes being silenced, which in turn, really, what they did was erase th their value. Uh, this was a huge issue for Kelly, uh, who has always been a passionate advocate for inclusive cultures, uh, where, you know, where every person had a voice and everything that they had to say mattered. Uh, so she moved into the field of empowerment with a focus on helping women. I, I absolutely love the mission and I'm certain that you will love hearing from Kelly as well. So uh, without any further ado, here's my chat with Kelly Charles Collins. Enjoy. Hey, Kelly, thank you for joining me here today on the Audacious Living Podcast. It is such an honor. It's a treat. It's a privilege for you to be here today. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Audley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here with you. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. You know, we spend um, so much time on this podcast um, engaging in conversations around how individuals can, can live their, their best audacious lives and the things that they can do uh, and the individual steps they can do to put themselves in a better place. And so to 
uh, have you here to engage this conversation. And I know you do a lot of work in the field in the realm of women's empowerment, as an example. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I couldn't think of anything more audacious than that. Um, <laughs> it only it, it only made sense to, to have you here. So perhaps as a as a starting point, we can get you to sort of talk about the, you and, and the work you do and how you. So women's empowerment for me, it's funny. It's so funny. When I was a little girl and even when I was a teenager, I never wanted to hang around women. I was always with the boys. I was like the biggest tomboy when I, I grew up in Miami and I would, there was a, a space in our high school where all the boys would line up and they had on their corduroys and their lumberjacks and their boots. And that's how I started to dress. And I would hang out with them all the time. But as I've gotten older and, you know, just really watching what's happening in the workplace and being a, a lawyer as a, a retired, I'm a retired lawyer. So I practiced law for over 24 years. What I realized in just going through that profession and being in a male dominated profession, I started to see, you know, what was really happening with women and our voices being um, silenced our value being erased, um, just not being respected. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen because I was raised by very strong, you know, right. women, my mom, my right. aunts, right. my sister, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, we often talk about, you know, what, oh, somebody should do something. Somebody should fix that. Oh, and I just decided that I'm not somebody, right? And so, um, one of the things that I did when the pandemic happened mm -hmm. was that's when I was transitioning out of the full-time practice of law into full-time entrepreneurship. And I started thinking about women lawyers and okay. thinking we really need a place to come together. And it's funny, I put together a whole retreat, whatever, and there was pushback from them. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But I didn't want that to stop me. So, you know, you're talking about making these bold choices. And I was like, so what is it really that you want to do? And what I really wanted to do was to just create a safe space for women right. to be able to ask for what they wanted, ask for what they needed without all the fluff and the structure and all the stuff about networking. And so I created this community called um, Ladies Who Leverage at the time. It, it's kind of on pause right now, but I created this community and brought together over a thousand women to be able to just do exactly that, be in a safe space to explore who they were and what it is they wanted to accomplish. Gotcha. Tell me what was happening, as you said, you're 24 years practice, what was happening for women in, in, the, in the law field and the practice 24 years ago? Blatant disrespect, sexism, just, you know, discrimination, all of it. Me personally, I experienced all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So from the, what could seem mundane in terms of, and, and, you know, maybe not so bad in terms of like going to court and introducing yourself as the counsel of record and having the judge look you directly in your face and ask you, where's the lawyer? Like, where's counsel? Right. Walking right. into courtrooms and or walking into a courthouse and watching all of your white colleagues be able to go through security without right. being asked for ID or anything. And right. you right. being right. stopped and asked for your bar card. Right. 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 Um, having my male colleagues get in my face and, you know, yell at me and say things to me and tell me to shut up and all these things. Right. And I watch this over and over. Mm -hmm. And for me. I had, you know, it took time, but I had developed 
this sense that you don't have to like me, right? but you're going to respect me. Right. Yep. Right. And yep. so I just got to the point where I was like, y'all just gonna have to buckle up when it comes mm-hmm. to me. And, and, so, and, and I would imagine, sorry to cut you there, but I would imagine yeah. that as you're sort of going through this, you're like, this isn't right. Like, you know, like we, we, we all know that sense of right and wrong. We were raised with these yeah. set of values that say how you treat people and interact with people. So as you're, you're going through this, you must be feeling that yeah, this isn't how it's supposed to be, regardless what realm we're playing yeah. in. And you're pissed, right? So let's just yeah, tell yeah, the truth. Add to that, you're not feeling really right? good about yourself, right? Right. right. Let's amazing. tell the truth and shame the devil that you're really angry because yes. here it is. We've all been to law school, yep. Right. So and and people can address, you know, attach this to any any profession. So you've all been through whatever it takes to get there. So for us, law school, taking a bar exam, yep. Um, and actually being, you know, hired to practice and being in court, and then having people want to degrade you and discount who you are. Right. And so it's frustrating. It's angering, right? You get pissed. I remember one day that it got so bad that I just, you know how in Jamaica we say pressure bus pipe. Mm. <laughs> and one day it was just that. And I just I had had enough. Pipe bust. Was, yeah. It, pipe bus. And I just started bawling. Right. Which was so different from what my, the people who I worked with, they were just, they were mortified and terrified because they didn't know what was happening. Right. But, but I think people don't understand that you build all this stuff up and yes, you're, you know, you are a powerful person and quote unquote, you're strong, but enough is enough. Yes. And so I think for women, um, the other thing that I, that I was witnessing and experiencing is that when there were lots of women who couldn't or wouldn't speak up or talk back I wasn't one of those I just was like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen but I also knew that I had to do that in certain instances Mm -hmm. because I needed them to know and I needed the women to see that somebody would stand up for them and also just stand up to maybe give them that kind of power um, and confidence to be able to do that and to let the men know that that's not how this goes. Got you. Got you. So I guess, I guess in part of your work, and I think this leads nicely into, to the idea of, you know, you know inclusivity and, 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 and I know cultivating safe workspaces, uh, is again, up your alley. Um, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, so for me, that looks like disrupting our biases. It looks like intervening, right? Safe bystander intervention. It looks like being able to effectively engage in conversations, right? And so those are the types of things when I'm talking to leaders and employees, that's how I help them to really create these spaces where every person matters, where every voice really matters. And if you're talking about, you know, when you're talking and women are obviously in those spaces. So really getting them to understand. So part of what I do um, when I'm talking about myself as a corporate trainer and helping women in those workspaces, I have what's called the V-suite where women own their vision, voice, visibility, and value. And it's getting them to understand that they do have the power. I believe that women are powerful at their core. And so you Mm -hmm. do have the power to really create your vision and to, you know, to, to really design your own legacy. And one of the tools that I use 
um, to help them do that is my book, Unapologetic AF, which is 34 Ways to Unleash Your Inner Badass. And for me, what it is, is I share what I call my Kellyism. So my 34 Kellyisms for how like I've gotten through a lot of these things. So they're really short, you know, just like you can get in and get out when you're reading them. Um, But just helping people to understand, helping women to understand, right? Know your value, demand your value, demand your worth, like unleash your badassery, things like that, right? Stick, you know, sit, don't stay. Just all these little things that I've really internalized in my life and leveraged in my life to get through the spaces that I've been in and to be able to successfully navigate, especially male-dominated situations. Just because I like the way it sounds, give me the title of your book again, please. That was awesome. Oh, Unapologetic AF, 34 Ways to Unleash Your Inner Badass. It's on Amazon. (laughs) Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, And again, all important stuff, Kelly, like in terms of, you know, getting women to to own, as you said, their badassery and and, Mm -hmm. and recognize that the the, the powers within it. And, And oftentimes that's the biggest hurdle for people to understand that, yeah, yeah, that power that I feel I don't have and that power, this is that it's right here. It's just yeah. a matter of me sort of unlocking that potential, if you will, and, and making it happen. Um, I want to just sort of talk about some of the things that people can do to unlock that potential. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think is really important is for you to create the vision. Okay. Because I think a lot of us um, live life and have been living life um, on somebody else's, in somebody else's story, somebody else's playbook or storybook, right? So um, we were talking before we got on and we're, you know, we're both Jamaican. And so we, you know, as Jamaicans, they tell us basically, (laughs) you're going to go to school, you're going to get your education, right? You're going to do these things. And so many other people are in that space. And so we continue to live out life that way. So I think one of the first things to do to reclaim your power is to to create your own vision for your life. Like, what does that look like? Whether, you know, personally, professionally, financially, just being free. Like, what does that look like for you? So that you can then take the steps that are necessary. So like when I'm talking about like the V-suite, right, for women, first thing we have to do is create the vision because I need, you need to know like where it is that you're going. Where are you going today? Where are you going in next three months, next year, in the next, you know, three years? Where are you going? So that you can reverse engineer. And part of the reverse engineering is the other three things, which are your voice, your visibility, and your value. So what do you need to do with your voice? Are you somebody who has been you know, just keeping silent. Are you just somebody who's like, okay, I'm just going to let that go, right? Are you somebody who's been outspoken, but not strategically or intentionally, right? So it's not getting you anywhere. So you got to make sure, right? Are we leveraging your voice the right way? And then being visible, right? What does that mean for you? Not everybody wants to be out and about everywhere, all over social media, out and, but you do have to be visible in some way. So you get to direct that. So once you know the vision, you get to direct how visible you are, where you're going to be visible and be able to optimize your presence. And then finally, like understanding your value. We often talk about, you know, self-worth. And I think sometimes what happens is putting worth, like not understanding that there's worth and then there's value. Nobody can ever pay you what you're worth Mm -hmm. and your self-worth is priceless, right? 
but there's a value that you have in the, in the workplace. There's a value you have in your relationships. There's a value you have in your community and really taking stock to understand who you are and who you want to be again, in alignment with the vision allows you to then define that value and then demand it. Mm. So that's what mm. I would say. The value, it goes right. No, the value is key in all this, right? Understanding mm -hmm. what you're worth, and it starts with you inside here, right? And Absolutely. once you have that, then you, you know you can. It's it, it's almost I was gonna say confidence is another piece of way it maybe disrupts, builds your confidence rather. Mm -hmm. right? It allows you to feel that you can make that step, uh, um, have that courageous conversation. Like you can, That's like right. you can do those those sorts of the wonderful things that we need to do for ourselves. Um, I mentioned courageous conversation. I mentioned that, and and again, that's another area. Uh, topic that you 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 would discuss so perhaps um we can define when you talk about what courageous conversation because i want to yeah. make sure we're on the same starting page and then why is it important that we have them yeah absolutely so a courageous conversation is simple it is a conversation about a difficult or a sensitive topic and the reason why we say courageous is because those conversations sometimes they're heated right? There's a lot of emotion around it. So it takes courage to be able to step into that type of conversation, knowing that things could go awry, that things could go wrong, that you could, you know, maybe mess up a relationship. You could say something the wrong way. You could offend someone. So it just takes courage to be able to step into that, basically into that container and say, I am going to address this issue. And the reason why we need to have these conversations is because what I know is what we ignore festers. So as a, right, as a former um, employment law trial attorney and representing organizations and, you know, watching what was happening with their employees and, you know, their leaders and everybody not speaking. And what the thing I always say to them is, listen, they're not talking to you. It doesn't mean they're not talking. They're not talking to you, but they're talking to attorneys. They're talking to EEOC. They're talking to TikTok. <laughs> right they they are talking and yes. so it's so vitally important that these conversations be had because converse i always say this conversations change things right yes you i mean there are so many um misperceptions um misunderstandings that could be clarified by just saying hey that's right you know you said this to me, or I got this email. What did you mean by that? Th what I got was this. Is that what you meant? Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. Now, obviously, you know, I always talk about intention versus impact. And so the intention was, you know, not to harm, but the impact could have caused harm. So, yes. but then having a conversation around that allows you to like, you know, um, diminish the impact in some way, right? And and to not allow it to continue time yes. after time after yep. time or to fester, yep. right? Because it is going to, it's not, it's not going to go away. Ignoring it's not going to go away. So yep. it's vitally important for us to have these conversations, but also to know the reason that I, that I focus on courageous conversations and now developed um, this whole thing called the Convo Catalyst Experience and created a card deck and Okay. writing a new book about yeah. it yeah. is that communication is an art and the skill. Yes. Right. And so yes. there is a way to have these types of conversations so that you don't end up causing collateral damage. So it's not just like jump on in because I want to have this conversation with you, you made me mad or you know yeah. I, I need to set you straight or whatever it is. Sometimes it is that. 
but how you do it, right, is going to determine um, whether or not you get the outcome that you are seeking. Got you. You know, when, when I think of crazy conversations, the part that that, that always almost always makes you smile is the before and after. And when I say that, I mean, you know, before the conversation, there, there's anxiety, there's, you know, I'm uncertain, there's all these emotions. And then you enter into it. And oftentimes, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but oftentimes like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Oftentimes, it's just a matter of clarification. Oftentimes, the two sides had different perspectives and didn't recognize what was going on. And oftentimes, it wasn't as bad as you thought it might have been. That's right. <laughs> So, you know, one of the things that I think about, and I've always thought about, go, to your point about, you know, going into the conversation, like, oh, being very, you know, afraid or, or you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then having the conversation being like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Right. So, you know, <laughs> what I what I work with my clients on is really understanding that there is a framework for being able to do that, right? So yes. when I say that it's an art and a skill, um, I developed the, what's called the perfect framework. So it has the three phases of prepare, engage, reflect. So if we think about this conversation that we are so afraid to have, right? We're like, we've yes. known yeah, we've yeah, had yeah. to have it for a long yeah. time. If we start to think about, I always tell them, if you remember nothing else that I tell you about this framework, remember, like, why do you want to have the conversation, right? So in the prepare phase, there's different things that we think about, but two of the really important factors are, why do I want to have this conversation? So what is the intention behind mm -hmm, it, right? Mm -hmm, so yeah. is it to clarify something? Is it to right. set somebody straight? Is it to give somebody feedback? Is it to get performance improvement? Like, what is the real reason that you yes. want to have this conversation? And then second, what is the objective? So what do you hope to get out of the conversation? How do you want to feel when you leave? How do you want the person to feel when they leave, right? Because Maya Angelou said that you could say everything, but they're going to remember how you made them feel, yeah. right? <laughs> and so those two things, I call them the bookends. Okay. So if nothing else, if you think about those two things, right? And then preparation also like understanding, you know, doing your research and having information that you need to have and checking yourself, like checking what's happening with you about why you want to have this conversation and are you ready to have it, right? Mm -hmm. And then in the engagement phase is understanding that this is a dialogue. This is not a debate. Right. And just like you were saying, some people, you know, you all have your own perspectives. And maybe when you come together, you're like, oh, oh, now I get it. Right. Or you're right. like, I hear what you're saying, but I still don't agree. Right. So having a dialogue doesn't mean that you're going to agree. Right. The agreement could be I agree to disagree. But it's a way for you to exchange information. Right. And so in that conversation, also understanding like minding your manners and not being defensive and not trying to deflect and not trying to you know justify things but really being open and actively listening in the conversation and then once you're finished with the conversation to yep. really reflect on it yes you know yes. like what went well what didn't go well making sure that if you you know gotten information that's confidential that you're not out there like oh listen what i heard that's what i you know <laughs> and out there just putting it in the streets like here's the tea for today no that's not what we do right so um just you know ensuring that you're not causing collateral damage yeah. so you you've done the work right you've gotten and you've gotten this person to engage with you now don't go mess it up 
you know, the the the, the part which I think is a nice bow to, to everything about courageous conversations uh, is what this what this conversation does for the next one, right? Mm-hmm. And what the next one does, it gives you confidence and it That's gives right. you the ability to say, okay, I can do it again. And I, and 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 what that does, it creates momentum, right? You go, okay, right. and, and then almost it's almost like, well, I did it before, do it again. Yeah, and it just becomes part of who you are and what you do every single day, just like everything else, right? It becomes a habit. Right, right. So there you go. So take that launch and 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 make that you know make that first step. Which again, what we we promote here often on the podcast. Um, gotta talk about being a disruptor and how we disrupt our biases. I know, yeah, you said that yeah. early on, and that's a big one when we talk about empowerment. Um, with a lot of biases out there that have the ability to impact where we go in life or how far we go in life or how we feel about life. So uh, I wonder if you can sort of talk about the the role that we all can play uh, as disruptors. I think the first thing we all have to do is understand that we each have implicit or unconscious bias, right? Yep. All of us do. Yep. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a human being. What, what the, the problem with unconscious bias is the way that it impacts the way that we interact with other people and the decisions that we make yes. about other people and how that impacts negatively for the most part impacts their lives, right? And so first we have to be cognizant of our own biases. What are those? So one of the things that, you know, I, when I'm training my clients, one of the things that I talk about is just look at what your first impressions are. Cause people will say, well, it's unconscious. I don't know. How am I supposed to know? Look at your first impressions. When you meet somebody for the first time, what are you paying attention to? What is it that you decide immediately? Like this person is this, this person comes from here. This person must live here. They must not be, they must be right. right? Look at those things and decide, because that will tell you like, okay, these are the things that immediately hit me because your unconscious biases are your snap judgments. It's the things where you're not taking any time. Your brain is just like, okay, <laughs> we're, we have this situation react, right? There's no conscious thought there. And so those things are based on what you've heard, read, seen, and experienced in your life, whether they're negative things or positive things. And so if you start to think about that, easy example ever been on a plane, basically, if you've been on a Southwest plane and you get the C, you know, card and you have to go now sit in the middle seat. And as you're walking down the aisle, who are you looking at and deciding whether you're going to sit in this middle seat or that? They're all middle seats. So if you're going to sit in the front or the back, what are you looking at in the person sitting in those seats to determine whether or not you're going to sit there? Those are biases, right? And your biases are not just about race and gender. So oftentimes we think, We don't want to talk about these biases and we don't want to acknowledge that we have them because we're thinking, if I say I have a bias, then I'm an ist or an old, a racist, a sexist, a xenophobe, a homophobe. No, you're just human. And you could be, you could be biased about a lot of things. You could be biased that I'm Jamaican. Right. Well, well, and sorry, Kelly, but, but such an important—it's such an important point that uh, it, it, you know people are going, "Oh my gosh, I'm a bad person," or um, terrible, and that's not it no. at all. I think, I think, by virtue of the fact that you're recognizing the bias, you're you're, you're on the right path. That's right. That's right. And then, you know, part of it, so it's one thing to raise the awareness, right? And understand that you have biases. It's another thing to be willing to disrupt Mm -hmm. them, right? And join the things that are necessary. And one of the easiest ways to disrupt your biases is to breathe, 
right? Because if you are making a decision, if you have to react to something, if you breathe, what happens is now that you engage the conscious part of your brain because it slows down. Now you can act on facts, not fiction, which is what I say, right? So now you can really start to think about it. Another thing is to have conversations, ask questions, because we assume a lot of things about a lot of things. We do. Right? And if we just ask a question, be nosy if you need to, right? then it will clear up a lot of those um, misperceptions that we have. Curiosity definitely can break down any form of judgment without question. And again, and, and I mean, if you're naturally being curious about something, because oftentimes when you start to ask people, why do you think what they think? They're not even sure because it's, it's a judgment of some sort. So, right. so the more questions you keep asking, the more you uncover stuff. Um, or it's a bias that they have that's ingrained because yeah. of where they come from or their family or that's just all the way it's always been told to them. That's what they've learned. That's what they've seen. That's what they've experienced. And so until you can counter stereotype, until you can learn differently, and our brain is so beautiful because it's malleable, right? So just because yeah. you have this thought today doesn't mean you'll have that thought tomorrow. If you get new information where you take it in and you're like, oh, let me analyze that. And like, okay, yeah, I do want to. No, I'm, I, I have now a shift. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the, it's the awareness and the willingness, um, to put yourself in a space to be able to change if you need to, you don't always have to, right. But if you, if you have that desire to do that. I I remember hearing a story once that you said, you know, you know, ask questions on unconscious bias. I remember hearing a story once, um, a a young girl told a family tradition of how they made turkey. And basically what they did is they they cut the legs off of the turkey and sort of put it in a pot beside. And, Mm -hmm. and, and this is what, you know, the the, the young girl saw her mother do. And then she, as she, when she had her own family, she did the same thing. And the tradition carried on the way through. And, and it wasn't until someone was asking the questions like, you know, why does this happen? They realized that it was because the pot was too small. And, so, yeah, and that I was the reason yeah. why. But we, as opposed to thinking, oh, this is what we do because it's supposed to be done. But but again, it's, it's a, when you ask these questions and when you start to figure out, you know, why do you do what you do? You realize oftentimes it's just, you know, whatever. I did not, you know, there's no real, real reason. It was just always that way. I don't know. <laughs> And again, as, as fun as you know, a cute little story, but I think that applies to so many aspects of our world and our life, whether it be in the workforce, or the professional, or our personal, wherever, that these, these things happen, we don't question them, we accept them, and we operate accordingly. So, so, so I wonder if we could sort of talk about the importance of, 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 of really challenging um, not in a, in a, in a, and I think sometimes cha- people say challenge, they think it's an aggressive, forceful mm-hmm. manner, but simply challenging for the sake of understanding. Yeah, because that's one of the things when I'm, you know, I do talk about um, in disruption is challenging your assumptions, yeah. right? So if we see somebody, like we all have these stereotypes, right? We know yes. them and we're all just like, no, I don't have them. But we know that they're there, right? Black yes. men are lazy, they're criminals. Yes you know, white men can't jump, you know, women can't drive, Asians are, you know, good in technology, Muslims are terrorists, they're all out there. Where does that come from? It comes from the information, right, that's around us. And so we have to start to not just always accept what the example that you just gave about, like, why'd you cut off the ends of the ham, right? Cause that's just the way it's always been done. We'll challenge that. Like why, listen, yeah. we got this ham. Like, why are we wasting yeah. what's wrong with this piece of the ham and this piece of the ham? Yeah. Oh, because we needed a bigger 
pan? Oh, well then we just go get a bigger pan and not waste <laughs> food, right? So it's that thing about not just because it's always been that way or that's what I've always known or that's the space that it, you know, it comes from, whatever. No, challenge your assumptions. So if you see someone us, you know, going back to your first impressions, if if you see someone, you know, walking down the street and they're, you know, disheveled or whatever, or if you see somebody who's homeless and, you know, they're out there talking to themselves or they, you know, they, they look unkempt, a lot of us will make an assumption that, oh, they must be on drugs. They didn't save their money. No, you don't know that that's what you're assuming that because of the position that you see them in. Right. So you, now this is your first impression. Go ask them. Hey, how'd you end up being homeless? You'll learn all kinds of stuff. Some of them, they're not, some of people out there have homes. They, but there's just something, maybe it's a mental illness or something that's happening and has them out there. So we have to really, and it is challenge those assumptions, right? Because unconscious bias is disruptive. Um, And so- And hurtful too. And hurtful. And Mm. so you, you can't just be like, oh, no challenge. And, and yeah. it's not an aggressive thing to say challenge. Yeah. Like yeah. we do challenges all the time that, so, you know, challenge this way, but in this, in this space, it is something that is, that you have to do. Like you have to willingly, um, be reflective yeah. and yeah. be willing to just say, Kelly, maybe that that's not right. Maybe Maybe I am making up stuff about that. Maybe that is an assumption. Maybe that is a stereotype, right? Maybe I do have a bias. Obviously, I, I, clearly I lost my train of thought, but that's okay because I do know that uh, um, when we talk about unconscious bias, that's what we were talking about, unconscious bias, mm-hmm. uh, they, um, they, they have to be challenged and they have to be done yeah. in a manner that allows us to be able to still maintain our dignity uh, because it's very, very, very important throughout this. And the other thing that is important to note is that we might stand alone, right? Yes. We might be the only one standing up, speaking up, or or even asking those questions. And um, that's not always easy, right? No. So to, be, to be, you know, the only one on the island kind of a deal. Yeah, but when you do it, it gives other people gives other people permission right so sometimes we're just we're just waiting for that one person to be that person like you don't want to be the first but you would be you would be the next (laughs) right um because you want to see what's going to happen but i think if we all think about being you know like oh well i'm going to be the person i'm going to be you know there's a, a quote that says i wish somebody would do something about that and but you are that somebody, right? right like right. you, like when are you gonna do? When are you gonna understand that you are that somebody? We're always looking for somebody. You are that somebody. Well, well, so by, by virtue of the fact, by virtue of the fact that you're questioning it, you know, you're you're the, you're, you're 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 one step there, right? That's <laughs> right. That's right. And so just you know, yes, there's gonna be there's gonna be bumps and bruises along the way, and yes. you may take a hit for it. Um, but it's it's really important to it's just really important to stand up, right? It's important to speak up yes. because you know there's that other quote when that you know first they came for I always say them because it's like first they came for them, then they came for them, mm-hmm. right? What happens when they now come for you? There's right. not going to be anybody else because like you didn't stand up, right? And right. Then, so right. we have to understand that the them, yes, is us. 
Yes. Right. Even yes. if you think like, I don't, you know, I'm a black woman. And then over here, we're talking about somebody who is, you know, transgender or somebody who's Jewish or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm, that's them. No, that them is you. And if we watch what's happening in society right now, you're starting to see that, that, yeah, just like you were thinking you were protected and you were okay. And your little, you know, microcosm of the world. No, everybody is them. And when they're ready to come for them, understand that them one day is going to be you. Yeah. 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 You could be next. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Kelly, this has been a marvelous chat, such a delightful time. And again, when I, when I, when I, when I think of sort of the themes of this podcast and how important it is for us to, to encourage people to take that first step forward, to do the remarkable things they're intended to, um, just how how impactful that can be in you, or, or, you know, you, you, you mentioned earlier and I, and I, I didn't touch on it, but I do think it's important that we touch on because we take that first step. We do give permission to others to do the same. And, 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 and I can't underscore that enough, how significant that is. And so you think of, you think of that individual that, uh, you know, they, 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 they wanted to launch their own business. Hey, you want to retire from law to go into launch to something brand new. I bet you there was a moment where you had that feeling in your stomach where you're just like, and you sort of questioned a bit and you weren't sure. And you said, maybe like, oh, I'm not sure, but you did it anyways. Yeah. And because you did anyway, <laughs> well, there you go. Right. But because you did that anyways, we're having this conversation today. That's right. And someone That's is right. hearing us going, oh, my gosh, Kelly is dropping yeah. some jewels today on the Audacious Living podcast. Or yeah. maybe in your own work, you've been able to impact someone in a positive way and give them the courage to try something and launch out. So I, I can't stress enough the importance of us taking that first step, regardless if we can't see the staircase in front of us, regardless if we don't know what's going to happen next. Go with You'll it. Be all and, right. and, and, yeah, I love it. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and here's the thing, like, you know, life takes detours. It's not linear. And so even when, you know, I made the transition, yes. you know, you think about like, I'm leaving a steady, good, good paycheck to yep. then, you know, be reliant on other people really, you know, figuring out there's no real rhyme or reason to when the money is coming. Yep. And you know, and then having to make decisions and, and creating things and seeing that "Mm, that's not really working and revamping and getting rid of and, you know, starting again. But like you said, to be able to be, you know, I've had the opportunity in the last year to help 17 um, experts develop their messaging so that they can go get paid to speak. And I've, you know, now on my fifth book about to be published and, you know, I've spoken to tens of thousands of people and had, you know, trained them across the, you know, across the world. And, you know, I've traveled, you know, across the country to speak and I've been on, you know, numerous podcasts and I've been on TV and I've been published in magazines and time and all the kinds of things. Right. And like you said, had I stayed in the comfort of the practice, right. Which I could have done easily. Mm -hmm. Had I stayed there, none of these things would happen. So you just got to go for it. Go for it. And and the people you impacted are appreciative of that. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Kelly, for our listeners who want to learn more about you, catch up with you, where can we send them? Send them to kellycharlescollins.com. Awesome. Awesome. Kelly, this has been great. Such a delightful treat. 
I thank you for, for taking the time like this and, and congratulate you for, for all your great work. And all I can say is continue doing your thing. I will. I will. Thank you so much. Awesome. We're back. We are here on the podcast and much thanks and appreciation goes out to Kelly uh, for being here and really broadening our understanding uh, of truly what it means to be inclusive, uh, the importance of dis disrupting those unconscious biases that exist and the art of the courageous conversation. So Kelly, thank you uh, once again for being here. Again, it was an absolute delight and my pleasure. You know, I truly appreciated so much of what Kelly had to share with us today. But you know, if there's one thing I take from the chat that we just had, it would have to be this. Every individual possesses unique talents, abilities, and the potential uh, and waiting just to have them unleashed. Uh, as human beings, we have an incredible opportunity to uplift and empower one another to achieve greatness. When we support and encourage others, we create a ripple effect of positive change leading to a world where every single one of us can thrive and make a significant impact. Uh, we're going to take a moment and explore the importance of empowering others to do great things and discuss practical ways to inspire and support and uplift those around us. Empowerment is the act of enabling someone to discover and utilize their full potential. When we empower others, we provide them with the tools, resources, and the belief they need to pursue their dreams, overcome challenges, and make a difference. By recognizing the power of empowerment, we acknowledge that every single person has something valuable to contribute and that their success is interconnected with our own. Creating a supportive environment is crucial in empowering others. Encourage open conversation and communication, active listening and empathy. You know, foster a culture where people feel safe to express their ideas and opinions as well as their concerns without fear of judgment. By valuing diversity and inclusivity, we create a space where everyone feels seen, heard and appreciated. When people feel supported, they gain the confidence to take risks, uh, explore their passions, and achieve greatness. Empowerment involves providing opportunities for growth and development. Encourage individuals to set goals, pursue learning and experiences, and embrace challenges. Offer mentorship or coaching programs, uh, educational resources, and network opportunities. You know, when we provide a platform for personal professional growth, you know, you empower others to expand beyond their horizons, gain new skills, and unlock their true potential. Acknowledging and celebrating the achievements of others uh, is a powerful way to, to inspire and empower them. When you take the time to recognize their hard work, dedication, and accomplishments, celebrate milestones both big and small because they all matter because these are sorts of things that we can do to create a positive and encouraging environment. By doing so, you not only boost their confidence and self-esteem, but also inspire them to reach even greater heights. Constructive feedback is an essential component of empowerment. It'll offer guidance, support, and constructive criticism in a really supportive and respectful manner. Help others identify their strengths and areas for improvement. 
Don't call them weaknesses. Again, those are opportunities to grow. By providing this constructive feedback, you equip them with valuable insights and tools for growth, enabling them to enhance their skills and reach new heights. Empowering others to do great things is a transformative act that has the power to change lives and shape a better future. By recognizing the potential in those around us and providing them with the necessary support, opportunities, and encouragement, we have an opportunity to unleash a wave of positive change and inspire greatness in others. Through a, a combination of creating that supportive environment, providing opportunities for growth, celebrating achievements, and offering constructive feedback, we can empower individuals to embrace their true potential and make a lasting and audacious impact. We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the Audacious Living Podcast. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to our amazing listeners and all those lovers of Audacious as I continue to support this podcast and keep it going. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.